Good evening, heretics. I am your host, Outlaw Priestess. I'm an American druid and general wild woman, and I am here to inject nuance and bluntness into topics that could desperately use it. So by the time this comes out, maybe some of you will be having dinner with your families, chosen or otherwise. Maybe you'll already have had dinner or said meal. Maybe you'll have avoided today's festivities completely. I'm not really here to judge on that. But I am here to judge on a lot of other things, so don't worry, we will move right along into the judgment part soon enough. Today on the Thanksgiving episode of A Culture Wars, though, we are starting off with some good news, but it's going to take some explanation to see why this is good news and not just uh, a reason to fling oneself or someone else off of a cliff. Don't do that. <laughs> so... Professor Alan Walker, a former assistant professor, former being the operative word here, assistant professor at Old Dominion University, has announced their, quote, resignation upon the expiration of their contract this coming May. Dr. Walker will remain on leave, not teaching until that time. <clears throat> so let me just uh, explain this a little bit and why this is a massive dub. For those who are not aware, uh, just take a moment and enjoy the world you live in where you don't know this is a thing for the next 10 minutes. Savoring it? Enjoying it? Okay, good. Dr. Alan Walker, because this is who has PhDs now, became uh, well known, I'll put it that way, for a video interview they did with a group called the Prostasia Foundation. I will talk about them in a minute. And in this interview conversation, they refer to pedophiles, not as pedophiles, but as minor attracted persons, MAPs for short. They started talking about how it's problematic to contribute to stigma against MAPs, still continuing to use that word instead of pedos, how we need to destigmatize minor attraction in their language, pedophilia, and how being a pedophile is not immoral, specifically providing a commentary on the moral standing of pedophilia and how we need to stop talking about how it's immoral and stop thinking of it as such. Uh, hopefully I don't have to say how I actually feel about that. I'm just going to go on to explain what the Prostasia so-called foundation even is, and then maybe I'll explode a little bit later, maybe not. So the Prostasia Foundation, which is tax-exempt, by the way, uh, some mainstream media that's picked up on this has been calling them a child protection foundation, and they are absolutely fucking not. They are a child endangerment foundation. If anything, we need to not use the language that they are using to describe themselves. This is a group that seeks to normalize pedophilia, plain and simple. <clears throat> they're pushing for acceptance, they're pushing for normalization, they are not here to uh, facilitate setting up people who, for whatever reason, are pedophiles, offending or not, with therapy. They are not there to make any actual difference in getting these people clinical mental help. There are no professionals or professional therapists involved actual child protective service groups dismiss them and yet they get to keep calling themselves a child protection group and they do not pay taxes they are tax exempt you can contribute to them uh with a tax-free what is it called a donation where when you go shopping on 
Amazon, through Amazon Smile, you can contribute to certain charities, because they're a fucking charity, apparently, by uh, contributing part of your... Uh, I don't fucking use Amazon. I, I don't get the full ins and outs. Uh, I remember a, a group I used to work with did this, where part of your... What's the word? What, what you're buying goes to them. So they get to do all of this. And this is the only way that we found out that this assistant professor, this academic, was teaching this shit. That is the only way that we found out about it. So if they weren't quite this ballsy, we probably still wouldn't know. Um, but yeah, just to make it very clear, the Prostasia defends access to cartoon uh, CSA material, child sexual abuse. They uh, advocate for access to that. They advocate for access to uh, sex dolls that are based on the likeness of children. But most importantly, they push for abolishing the sex offender registry. Uh, this is important, <laughs> uh, for one, because obvious reasons. For two, uh, they're bored of people who run the organization before they stopped announcing who is on, who runs their group, uh, is made up of sexual offenders, of people who have actually offended against children. So this is who runs this so-called charity. Uh, they are very clearly not here to protect children. Uh, they claim to have a chat uh, and forums for support this is not any kind of constructive support that is uh, leading people away from offending, as some of them like to claim. It is literally just a circle jerk of them talking about children in a sexual fashion. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I can be, uh, if I can get into trouble on Spotify for saying that I think all of them should be killed in... I'm not sure if I'm torn between the most torturous or efficient way possible, but I yeah, <laughs> these people uh, do not have a place in a civilized, or especially an uncivilized society, because let's talk about that. One of my favorite quotes is, what is it? The quote is, and I believe this is from the author of Conan the Barbarian, could be wrong, civilized men are more discourteous than savages because they know they can be impolite without having their skulls split as a general thing. Uh, the, and... and this ties into it very directly because these people are using the language of the progressive left, of what I collectively call wokeism, of this uh, highly abstract form of academia that is so out of touch with anything to do with real life or real morality, which is a fucking thing and I'm not going to argue about it. Um, and this is the only reason that we found out that this person was getting into this. So what really... I mean, you can go ahead and find the video online for yourself if you want to hear the exact verbiage that this uh, individual, I can't even say person, was using. It made me throw up in my mouth for a number of reasons. But uh, despite the fact that I am celebrating that this person was forced to quit, uh, they were using the same kind of bullshit, fake woke language on their way out. Uh, a direct quote from the... Uh, resignation post basically said, quote, my scholarship aims to prevent CSA, child sexual abuse. That research was mischaracterized by some in the media and online, partly on the basis of my trans identity. Fuck you and fuck the horse you rode in on for attaching the transgender identity to you promoting pedophilia. Fuck off.
the trans identity was very much not the problem, considering that this, like, Old Dominion University <clears throat> employed them and supported their fucking research and is continuing to use their correct pronouns in the joint resignation statement. You know, because it is a joint statement between uh, Alan Walker, A-L-L-Y-N, for anyone who is curious to look this person up, and Old Dominion University. And of course, their fucking account, Alan Walker's account on Twitter, is not, it's uh, protected. Their tweets are protected for anyone that they do not approve to see their tweets because they're a fucking coward. But yeah, I uh, I would personally like to hear an explanation from Old Dominion Univer University of why it actually took students protesting, of why it took this shit going viral for them to put a stop to it. For them to, you know, it, it very obviously seems like they're strong-arming them into resigning, which is the, I, I mean, I don't even think that it should be that. They should make a point of visibly firing them and making it clear that that isn't welcome there. But that's not even what they're doing. So I am going to take the dubs where I can because fuck this world is sick. But um, yeah, it sh th this person should not have been allowed to have been teaching this shit for as long as they were. <clears throat> <sighs> yeah, let me take a moment and I'll dive back into it. Let's let me take a moment. <sighs> and expel some of the okay yeah no the hate is still in there so just to clarify how i feel about this fuck normalizing pedophilia fuck use the language of inclusivity for this people like this and people like a lockman on who i've talked about before i truly like if you look at what they say and how they say it they are pushing it to see what they can get away with and it makes sense when you look at the root stem of where a lot of these super far-left people get their ideas. Michael fucking Foucault, who was a pedophile, who actually fucked children, who talked about the same talking points that these prostasia people and these map-normalizing people uh, are using of, children have a right to consent, parents are oppressors. You're a fucking predator. Like, plain and simple. That's what that is. It is fucking disgusting to try and connect the LGBT movement with this scumfuckery in any way. And again, this is unfortunately why I have no wish to hitch myself to the so-called queer movement, because these competitively woke people are entirely too tolerant of this shit. Tolerance is not a virtue when it comes to actual predators. I mean, we can argue about whether or not it's a virtue, period, that's a different conversation, but no, like, I'm not going to allow myself to be guilted or gaslit or bullied into accepting pedophilia or to call it something that it's not. And you see this kind of thing, not just with pedophilia, but with evil assholes, let's put it that way, in general, uh, who want to insert themselves into minority subcultures because they think that, well, this community doesn't align with mainstream values, they're outsiders, uh, they're not part of that mainstream identity, or maybe they don't have the same values or principles. So that means, oh, they probably don't have any morals at all. I can get away with whatever the fuck I want. And that is exactly why sane LGBT people, it is exactly why sane people in whatever you want to call it, outsider subcultures, need to push the fuck back against this stuff extremely hard and give zero ground on this matter to prevent these people gaining any more legitimacy than they already have. And already I'm concerned that, you know, because they play up the I'm trans, I'm this, I'm that, like, fuck you. you, you like, you're very obviously still pushing groomery 
predatory language. Like, again, with Alakman on talking about how there are no perfect victims. We need to question the narrative of what it is to be a victim. You see uh, similar shit like this with Grace Lavery. I think that's how you say her name. It's... I am not trans, but I would be looking at sane trans people to push back against this shit. Although at the same time, I understand not wanting to be fucking responsible for these individuals because, you know, I'm not... This is not me blaming anyone else in the LGBT... I don't even want to say community. People who are LGBT. Obviously, this is why I have distanced myself from the queer label is because I don't necessarily have anything in common with fucking people like this. I'm, again, don't even want to call them people. I don't necessarily have anything in common with demons like this. But at the same time, we need to push back against this because they will continue to use these labels to prey on people's good intentions and their kindness and their tolerance because the left has been pushing tolerance for years. And when it comes from, like, the stem of someone like Foucault, who's pushing children can consent to being fucked by adults. Like, no, we need to, <laughs> we need to fucking check that. So, yeah, the fact that someone like this has a doctorate and has been teaching right up until they, you know, again, just got too ballsy for their own good, I think really is a good reflection of where the academic world is at the moment. Because for, you know, this person got to... Uh, big for their britches, I suppose. There's probably a, I don't even know how many, quite a few other people who are going to play it smart and who aren't going to give public interviews like that and are going to keep it on the DL and just wait for this shit to grow. Because <clears throat> this whole MAP minor attracted person thing, people wrote off as like a Tumblr phenomena that was going to stay online. And uh, I have been hesitant to think stuff like that in the past. Um, not hesitant. I've leaned on that side because I'm like, no, there's no way. Three years later, however many years it's taken for me to realize, no, there is a fucking way. Because these people don't just live inside of their computers. They do go out into the real world. They are teaching. They are using the language of inclusivity for this shit. So yes, we do have to push back against it. And again, this person is a fucking yellow-bellied coward for locking their Instagram account. You want to go ahead and say stuff like this online and then not let people actually tell you what's what. Fuck you. So, yeah. Um, the, yeah. <laughs> Them resigning is the good news I will start out with for today. Happy Ragnarok, people. So, the other topic I want to hit on today is based on my reaction to a newsletter put out uh, on The Atlantic by a contributor to The Atlantic called Deprogram Your Relatives This Thanksgiving. This, I just immediately was like, oh, this is the fucking problem. This is that self-centered, I'm the smartest, I'm just, I know what's right, everyone else is fucking stupid uh, kind of attitude that... (sighs) (laughs) I would say don't get me started, but uh, that is why you're here, I think. So this person, what's her fucking name? It's by Molly Jongfast, who is a white woman, by the way, just for anyone who's curious based on the last name. (sighs) 
she's saying she, you can go ahead and read the article for yourself. Uh, the title makes it very, very clear of maybe you'll change some hearts and minds. Uh, maybe you'll have to report a relative to the FBI. This is your chance to deprogram them. Um, I find this fa like fundamentally, massively just egotistical. It, like, who died and made you the queen or made you the person that is now uh, everyone else's parent or dictator that gets to tell them that they're programmed and it's your job to fix them, like there's some kind of malfunctioning equipment. And I will get into a few different sides of this, but the first part of this that frustrates me because I see this attitude a lot, mostly in politics, but not just in political conversations. It's this level of self-aggrandizing narcissism of, I'm the righteous one who will fix everyone else by looking down on them and by trying to strong arm them into my own viewpoints through my own righteousness from my fucking high horse, which, you know, you, the person's viewpoints might or might not be any better informed than the other persons that they're trying to fix. It's, con it's contemptuous, it's petty, and it is literally not effective. People do not like being strong-armed, they do not like attempts at force, especially from this place of contempt and patronizing of, haha, I'm just so much cooler and better and more fashionable and smarter than you. Um, and I will get into <laughs> why uh, she's wrong about that too, but it's literally just not effective. Uh, there's been actual research done on this from a, a, a few different angles. If you've been following me for a minute, you'll probably know that I'm a pretty big fan of Chris Voss. He wrote a book called Never Split the Difference. He used to be an FBI negotiator. And he calls his method tactical empathy, where he talks about, you know, literally talking people out of killing people to get hostages, that was his job. And he talks about the people that would go in, guns blazing, you know, puffing their chest out, trying to show everyone they're the man and they're the boss and they're right, you're wrong. It gets people killed, it doesn't work. And there's another great book by people who uh, worked as CIA, I don't wanna just say interrogators, but people who worked in the CIA called Get the Truth. And similarly, um, you know, when people are actually trying to interrogate terrorists, like people who have been convicted, uh, blowing places up, such like, you have these people uh, who want to just waterboard them, who want to just torture them into giving things up. And the authors go out of their way to say like that the people who are pushing the hardest for waterboarding, for force, for just trying to torture these people into giving up what information they have and that they needed, uh, they were never the people with any real experience in interrogation. This was always these fucking abstract, lofty academics who want to look like the man, who want to prove something to everyone else, but it's not actually effective. And to bring that a little closer to what most people will experience, even though most people still do not have the balls to do, the guts rather, to do what I'm about to talk about, uh, I have a ton of admiration for a man named Daryl Davis. Daryl Davis wrote a book called Clandestine Relationships, A Black Man's Odyssey in the Ku Klux Klan. He has been on Rogan's show for like a pretty solid over two hour, almost three hour conversation if you are, uh, you know, not the book reading type necessarily. And Davis 
literally talked hundreds of uh, members of the Ku Klux Klan out of their robes. Some of them directly, some of them indirectly through them finding out who he was through other members. But he talks about just starting to have conversations with people in the Klan totally by accident because he's, for one, a musician and somehow somebody in the Klan went and saw him playing. They struck up a conversation and it stoked this question he talks about having had since he was a kid of how can you hate me if you don't even know me and he literally just goes in fully confident in himself not taking anything personal knowing that these people's opinions have nothing to do with him and just talks to them and identifies you know where are your values where what are values that maybe we have in common that are obviously being expressed differently and he doesn't just, you know, sit there and take it. It's not 100% turn the other cheek. He talks about when uh, people in the clan, one guy who had a high ranking specifically would say, oh, well, in the Bible, it says this and that about uh, how we shouldn't race mix and this and whatever. And he's like, okay, show me chapter and verse. Like, show me. Not fuck you, you're a Nazi piece of shit. But hey, uh, show me where you're even getting this. And would have an actual conversations, remembering that these people are human. And he talks about forming friendships with these guys when they were still in the clan, knowing that they might not leave. Um, and that it took years, it took over five years uh, for some of these people to realize that it was bullshit. And I understand that most people don't have the patience, the resilience, uh, you know, they don't have what it takes to do that, to sit there and sit across from someone who hates you for bullshit reasons or for whatever reasons. And I understand that. Like, that's fine. Not everyone is built that way. Not, not everyone has to. The same way that not everyone is built to sit across from a terrorist who has just wantonly murdered however many people and talk to them like a human being. But that is what fucking works. That is what will get the actual truth out of people. That is what will get them to see you as a human being. And that is how you will actually learn about why they've chosen, you know, whatever view it is that you can't understand. And again, I understand not everyone has the patience for it. I personally, I don't think I would have the ability or interest to sit across from a pedo and want to learn about that shit. I have no desire to learn about that shit. But at the same time, that's not like a political view. And that's my thing too, is I really hate this constant uh, escalation and catastrophizing everything of everyone who disagrees with me is a Nazi. No the fuck they're not. For the most part, that is not what you are going to run into in real life. And you know, what really irritates me, one of the other things that irritated me about this piece was just the fundamental laziness of it. Because if you read it, the woman is relying on these very cliche stereotypes of the QAnon uncle. She's ripping into people for having bad news sources. She's ripping into people that watch Fox when her news sources are clearly just as bad because she's claiming that the reason that people are against Joe Biden is because of his radical agenda of giving people hearing aids and free pre-K. Like, if you bothered to sit down 
and talk to people who have issues with Biden, myself included, that's not the fucking issue. And also, he's not even doing that. He promised he would do that the same way that Obama promised uh, he would shut down Guantanamo Bay. Never fucking did. Um, These are not the real reasons why anyone has an issue with him. So if you sat down and asked, um, instead of just showing up ready to ruin everyone's Thanksgiving, you would find out. Because off the top of my head, here are some real reasons why people are cheering for Brandon. So one, the low-hanging fruit, is that Biden should literally be in a nursing home. There have been multiple instances where he's giving a speech and he doesn't know what state he's in. He doesn't know where he is. He loses his train of thought multiple times while speaking. It's fucking sad. Like, it, the, the term elder abuse comes to mind. The, I'm not just making fun of him. He should be in a home. So that is concerning in and of itself. People have issues with how he handled or rather mishandled Afghanistan. They take issue with inflation. They take issue with the FBI raiding the personal home of the founder of Project Veritas, seizing protected information and giving it directly to the New York Times per the bidding of the Biden administration. Uh, The Biden administration literally proposed monitoring all bank accounts with transactions of $600 or more, so basically everyone. Those kids that everyone was yelling about under Trump are still in cages. You're just not allowed to film them anymore. Uh, There's the fact that he sniffs children like a fucking weirdo. Like, he literally, there's videos of him doing this where he'll just kind of, like, grab some, like, kid who's just standing around at some kind of speech or funeral, even, or public event, pull him over to him, and just sniff the fuck out of him. It's weird. And there's the fact that he is an actual racist. He is a real racist, not just like, let's lower the standards so that every white person who ever lived is a white supremacist. He's an actual racist. Biden literally promoted segregation in schools in the 70s. He worked with pro-segregation senators to keep enforcing the practice. In 1977, he explicitly said that busing to, to desegregate schools would cause his children to grow up in a, quote, racial jungle. And that was a reason why he was against it. So this is not someone who, you know, was just raised wrong, uh, was taught bad information, and they later on realized, you know, like the people that Davis talked out of the KKK, realized, hey, I've been sold a fucking bill of goods, that's all a bunch of bullshit. This is someone who's actually a racist. Biden has never changed his mind. He's never started making different comments. He continues to make racist remarks literally to this day. So for people that are usually a movement that pretends to be so fixated on racism, they seem to have forgotten the real thing when they see it. Because people just let him get away with saying shit like, poor kids can be just as smart as white kids. This was recently, this was in the past few years. That quote, poor kids can be just as smart as white kids, directly implies that poor means not white, and uh, smart and not poor means you're automatically white. He directly correlated those things. Poor kids can be just as smart as white kids. And it is not just that once. Biden has a decades-long history of making explicitly racist remarks that people just forget about because, oh, at least he's not Trump, right? Biden, who gave a friendly, warm eulogy to a former high-ranking member and exalted cyclops, as they call them, of the KKK, the late Senator Robert Byrd, he called him one of his mentors and said the Senate is a lesser place for his going. In 2007, he said Obama was the first mainstream African-American who was articulate and bright and clean. So, do I really need to go on? 
Like, do I really need to keep going? <laughs> but yeah, everyone who has an issue with Biden is just a racist white supremacist QAnon asshole, right? Except for the part where Biden is the fucking white supremacist. Very obviously, through words and deeds. Biden is an example of what so many people on the left accuse anyone they dislike of. He actually is a hateful, mediocre, racist white man who's been 100% reliant on the system and on privilege to prop his racist ass up, not just into politics and in positions of power and wealth, but now into the presidency. Despite the fact that, again, he often doesn't know where the fuck he is or what he's talking about and allegedly shat himself in the presence of the Pope. So, if the left and the media stopped kissing his ass, he would literally fall on it. But everyone who has an issue with him is a white supremacist, right? I don't have the patience for this shit anymore. I do not have the patience for everyone who disagrees with uh, the establishment left is a racist and a white supremacist. <clears throat> so if you want to deprogram people out of their racism, you should start with yourself. If you want to talk about deprogramming your relatives, this woman and people like her, they have no business talking about deprogramming anyone but themselves. The comment that she uh, seemed to intend as snarky and cute while also virtue signaling, that little teehee moment of, oh, you might have to report your family to the FBI. What happened to Fuck 12? What happened to ACAB? What happened to don't ever call the cops for anything mentality that these same people push for all the time? So let me get this straight. You're gonna basically just show up to Thanksgiving to ruin everyone's night. And not just that, because you're miserable. Um, you're going to help the government, the same system that you bitch about, start labeling anyone who doesn't support the current administration as a domestic terrorist by feeding your family to the same system you claim to oppose. That is as low as it fucking gets. So to quote the author again, she says, maybe it won't work. Maybe you'll leave just as divided as you were when you sat down. Maybe you'll change a harder mind. Maybe you'll need to report a relative to the FBI. Either way, it's something to do besides just eat. So it very obviously won't work. I feel like she and people like her know that it won't work. What she's saying, actually saying, is that she's willing and happy to risk further fracturing a family that sounds like it's probably already at odds, to say the least, just because she's a, in her own words, depressed, bored, probably miserable bitch. And I have no respect for that. If you need to cut ties with your family, if you feel that need, then do it directly. Don't show up. But this underhanded discord-sewing bullshit, I have no respect for. Because I actually have value on what family actually means, whether that's blood or chosen. If you have people that are willing to show up and hopefully put most of their differences aside for at least a night to just be there and break bread, that is fucking amazing. And again, she, she literally talks about that attitude of, hey, put your bullshit aside for the night and just be family, and puts it down. Again, just read the article for yourself if you want, though I shouldn't be advocating for her getting clicks, whatever. Um, she goes out of her way to say that she disagrees with that approach, even though she doesn't really propose a, a, a good reason as to why. Um, but if you do have people that are willing to just show up and be human and break bread together, that is amazing. Getting to see different generations and where they come together and where they diverge, it's amazing to witness that too. Personally, I'm going to have to create that for myself because I don't really have that. I haven't made a huge secret out of the fact that my blood family situation is 
less than optimal. I work on it. We work on it. But it's not something to just throw away. Maybe it sounds corny to some of you, but it is an actual blessing. And if there is something there to work with, then don't be so quick to throw it away. But if that is how you feel, if you have such contempt uh, for these people, and if you have so little patience and compassion for them and have no desire to see them as human beings, don't show up. You would be doing them a favor. If that is the best you can do, don't waste anybody's time. Because this goes back to, I can't remember if I already brought this up on this podcast, it goes back to the rhetoric you saw when Trump was in office of, if anyone in your family voted for him, disown them. If anyone doesn't have the right attitude of the week, disown them. Like, treat them like they're not human beings and cut them out of your life and your family. And again, I understand having legitimate familial issues. I understand disagreeing with people, but not even trying to understand how they got to the position that they got. For what? You're going to throw blood family away. For what? And again, do not take this as me pushing anyone to deal with an actually shitty family. If someone is actually verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, uh, and maybe if politics is what they use to beat you over the head with, then don't take that. But this is the attitude that I'm talking about on both sides as well, of people who feel they're within their rights and morally right to disown people and verb and in their own way uh, be verbally shitty to people over this. Um, you shouldn't have to deal with that. But the thing is, we're not really talking about ditching your family over emotional abuse, which is legitimate. People throw those words around a lot, and it's just, it's not always the case. So someone having a different political opinion is not someone who is directly abusing you. It is wrong to say otherwise. And again, I'm not trying to softball it if someone is actually a Nazi or white supremacist, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and make the crazy controversial statement that there are really not as many out-and-out white supremacists as people would have you believe. It is not this fucking common. The demand for them seems to be pretty high, but I dare you to go out and fucking find one. Maybe you can find one or two. Uh, I would be truly surprised for you to find this many out in the wild, or especially out in your family. So, it should be pretty obvious that I very often think that people are wrong in a variety of ways on a variety of levels. I sometimes think that someone's an otherwise decent and or intelligent person who's just had bad or misleading experiences, they have misleading information, maybe they have an incomplete picture of the situation, but they're an otherwise alright person. Uh, I sometimes think that people are genuinely just stupid and operating at the highest level they can, which is not very high. Stupid is a thing, sorry not sorry. And sometimes I genuinely think that people are not stupid and they're not an otherwise decent person, but that they are actually malicious and constant and consciously, <laughs> I suppose constantly too, working against everything I stand for, working against actual principles out of malice. So I think any variety of these things about individuals on a regular basis. And I still do not come at anyone like that in real life, in real time, with real conversations. When it is possible to have a real conversation, that is what I will choose to do. Now, for anyone that wants to, uh, who has seen me when I'm feeling bored and petty on Twitter, 
that is not quite the same thing. I do try and avoid that and sometimes <laughs> do not live up to, you know, what I aim to do online. But the thing is, the internet, it, it, those conversations are not always salvageable. And sometimes I do think that the best thing you can do is to troll your uh, the other person. I understand that that doesn't sound particularly mature or graceful, but it is not the same thing. I am, for the purpose of this conversation, we can talk about uh, evolved trolling another time. Um, I'm talking about conversations in real life. And yes, you should try and be as graceful as possible on the internet. Anyways, but what I'm saying here is you do actually have more of an ability to have a humane, respectful conversation where people can gain an understanding of each other just based on the sheer fact that you're looking at each other face to face, eyeballs to eyeballs. So let's just, let's make that uh, intense example again. Let's, let's go to the most intense hypothetical. Let's say that you in this position, in this scenario, you're absolutely right, you're morally pure and perfect, and the other person holds a view that is objectively, flawlessly, immaculately wrong. What exactly are you going to achieve by just shouting at them or by calling them names? If you call a Nazi a Nazi, what do you think is going to happen? That they're going to get offended? That they're going to cry? They're probably going to laugh or jerk off at the free attention that you're giving them. They're going to laugh at you. But as I think I've said before, and I said two seconds ago, you're very rarely going to encounter that. So what's actually going to happen is you're going to encounter and interact with someone who probably has different information than you do and who focuses on different priorities than you do. Some people are more caught up in social issues. Some people are more focused on economics. There are actually more than one issue to focus on. There is more than one issue to focus on. That was bad grammar. Um, and you can discover that by having a conversation. So again, I'm not saying go sit down and speak with someone who you consider to be genuinely evil if that's not something that you find value in doing, if you don't have the patience or interest in doing that. I'm not saying put up with someone who is actually verbally or emotionally abusive, okay? So I'm saying if it's not on that level, if you can talk to someone as a human being long enough to identify what their values actually are, and to see how maybe their solutions for how to honor those values might be different than yours, but maybe something that you can identify and understand and acknowledge that, that is actually objectively in real life more effective than shouting at them. It is more effective than treating them with contempt. If you look at, you know, just the life story of what Daryl Davis did, if you look at people who work in interrogation, if you were, if you look at people like Voss, who literally talked people out of killing other people and into giving up hostages, sometimes for no money, sometimes for literally no money of what they were asking. Zero. <laughs> um, I suppose I'll have to make a list of the books I'm referencing in the show notes or something, but I I'm going to wrap this up by saying this is not how humans work try and be a fucking human being. And if you come at me, if anyone comes at me with a type of contemptuous patronizing attitude, I will cut you off quicker than you can blink. I do not care what side you're coming from. If anyone on any side tries to come at me with that patronizing bullshit, like I'm some kind of malfunctioning defector who should be parroting whatever rhetoric that they want me to be uh, repeating, whatever you think would make me a good person to, if I was spouting off 
those particular talking points, you can fuck right off. So, let's take another <laughs> deep cleansing breath. That was a good little rant. That was a good one, I think. So, I'm putting this out on Thanksgiving, and I understand I'm putting it out kind of late in the day for some people. I was walking my dog. I'm not going to lie. I'm enjoying my day off. I am not going to give you a long song and dance about the history of Thanksgiving, about the holiday, and its colonial origins, because frankly, I think it's common knowledge at this point. I think everyone knows it, and maybe more importantly, I think if you want to learn about something, you should go to someone who's an authority on that. I'm not an authority on that era in history. I don't think that I'm really the person to talk about it. And I appreciate that people who like to make these kind of posts very often have good intentions, but I'm pretty sick of the everyone's a fucking expert all of a sudden. And everyone is trying to one-up each other with how radical they are and how much they hate America and colonialism, like how they're woker than thou with everyone else. We fucking get it, you know? But to me, it just looks like chest thumping to make yourself feel important. And generally speaking, you know, again, I'm some wise ass on the internet. This is not what I'm going to school for. <laughs> this is not what I, I have any particular knowledge on. So if you want to learn about that, I'm going to spare you the poorly explained, uh, just attempt at making myself feel better by talking about the colonial origins. If you want to do that, I'm sure there are plenty of much more competent, uh, much more qualified indigenous scholars. I'm sure there are plenty of native historians who could be, who are talking about this actively and would do a much better job of it than I would. So I'm going to spare you the reach around and wish you well on whatever you are doing today and hopefully leave you with something to think about in terms of what's actually important. Like, yeah, there is value in people sitting down and putting their bullshit aside and just having a meal. There is value in people coming together as human beings. So at the end of the day, whatever the origins are, what people have come to associate today with is gratitude, family, and feasting. And I think that is worth honoring. So now is that time where I tell you, <laughs> put down your phone, close your screen, stop looking at the blue light, and go outside, feel some grass under your feet, hug someone, have a real conversation, and go do some magic.